Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Why Should I podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Garcia, and I'm really excited for today's conversation. I have with me Mr. Derek Wellborn. He is my friend, my pastor, my leader, and uh, he wears many hats, both figuratively and literally. He uh, is husband to the incredible Jill Wellborn, dad to Jamesy and Greg Ray, and uh, a hat maker. So, Derek, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Love you, proud of you, and I'm excited to, to talk about hat making. Yes, let's do it. So I know a little bit about your story, but um, today we're going to talk about this idea of working your weaknesses. So take us back to uh, probably around COVID times and kind of when uh, things took a, a turn for you. Yeah, so it's funny is I, I never really thought I looked good in hats. And uh, it's kind of funny how the Lord, uh, you know, th- works things out in your life. But um, it was kind of at the end of COVID, um, we were, or no, at the, at the beginning of COVID, we were, uh, you know, randomly, like one morning I was getting up, was fixing my hair, and uh, I was like blow drying my hair. When I was blow drying my hair, I, I saw like a, a spot, like show up on my head and it was like a uh, just like a bald spot and I thought it was where the wind was hitting my hair and kind of splitting the Mm -hmm. hair Uh, so I was like Jill what what is this what is this and she's like that's a bald spot and never ever did I think I would ever go bald because I mean my uh, grandfathers both have full head of hair my dad has a full head of hair so I had friends in college that were losing their hair and I'm like that's not gonna be me you know because uh, I've always had really thick hair, and uh, but on this morning there was a, a little bald spot. So I, I took a picture. My sister's a nurse practitioner. I sent a picture to my sister and was like, "What do you think this is?" And she's like, ah, "It looks like alopecia." And at that point, I didn't really know what alopecia was. And uh, come to find out, it's an autoimmune disease where your body attacks your hair follicles, and uh, basically how the dermatologist communicated to me is your hair falls asleep and there's nothing to root it to and it just falls out Mm. and they said you know it could wake back up at some point and your hair will start growing again or it could be like this for the rest of your life and so but at that point I didn't know like what it was I just kind of was like oh we're in COVID we're working from home we're doing like ministry online so we're filming videos so I was and at that point, I could just fix my hair and just slick it back, and you couldn't see it. But over time, uh, like literally, like in the matter of weeks, the whole middle part of my head mm. was like slick bald. Dang. So it went from one little spot to another spot, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of migrated into itself where it looked like I was an old man. I had hair all the way around my head except for the top. <laughs> And if you could imagine, it was like a pretty painful experience, um, you know, when you're taking a shower and you're washing your hair and your your hair just falls out and you've just got, you know, a handful of hair and or you would just scratch your ha- head and hair would fall out and you're just like, oh my gosh. And so that was kind of the start of it. So it was like the end of February is when it started and then several, like maybe in three months, I mean it had taken over my whole head and I hadn't been diagnosed yet. I didn't go to the doctor yet because it was COVID and I was just like, uh, I can hide it. But then it got to the point where I couldn't hide it anymore. Mm. 
and uh, we started like Texas opened up and we started having church mm-hmm. like out. We had it in our amphitheater, but so I went to our pa- our lead pastor, Pastor Randy Phillips, and I was like. Pastor Randy, I got to show you something. And I showed him my head. And that was the first person I've sh- I showed outside of like my family yeah. and Jill. And uh, he was like, oh, my goodness, what what happened? And uh, I-, I told him, I-, I think it's alopecia. My hair just started falling out. And I asked him, I'm like, can I wear hats mm. on Sunday? Yeah. Because uh, I-, I don't know what else to do. And uh, he was like, of course. And so that was kind of the process. And so I, I went and bought a hat. My first hat was a Stetson like Stratoliner. And so mm-hmm. I just kind of started wearing that and uh, to cover up. Honestly, like um, it was, it just felt it was insecurity. You yeah. know, it just it, there was a lot of roots there that like I had to identify, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But that was kind of the story. So it was like you know, beginning of COVID. Uh, it was like Feb- end of February was when it started, and then by the summer I was just completely bald. Yeah, and uh, just spotty, just hair just falling out all over the place. So, so kind of take us back. What were some of your first like initial thoughts when that was happening, and then like what was God teaching you through all that? Yeah, I mean, my first <laughs> thoughts were like shock. Yeah, you know, a disappointment. Mm. It was an interesting journey. Uh, because it wasn't it wasn't easy. It wasn't like, you know, oh, okay, I'm just gonna roll with this, you know, because I think it what it discovered or what it uncovered was just you know pride. Um, I think it uncovered uh, insecurity, um, and I can remember how I think what it the the big thing that it uncovered is it was my identity, like mm. what I was putting my identity in. You don't realize how much your identity is tied to your hair until it's gone. Jeez. It was like almost like I had to like re-engage myself or rediscover who I was. Yeah. Because I would look in the mirror and just hair just, you know, falling out and just long in some places, like baby hair in some places. And it was just like, who am I? And it, I would say I was in a pretty dark place, you know, as I I wrestled with it. I, didn't, I was pretty like... You know, I'd let some of the family members know, Jill knew, but I don't think that they really knew the depth of, like, the place I was in, Mm. um, because I was good at masking it. I mean, we were still doing church, still doing ministry, and it's like you put on your good face and Mm -hmm. you go after it, but I was really struggling on the inside, uh, because it was like, who am I? Like, I had tied my identity, for those of you who don't know me, like, I've always loved fashion, I've loved, like like looking a a certain way, aesthetic, all of that. Like I think all of it plays together and I I just love fashion Mm -hmm. and culture and style. And, and so then it came to the point where it was like, who am I? Like, I don't even know who I am. And, uh, and so I think the Lord was teaching me in that moment is like, your identity is not in how you look. Mm. Your identity is, is who I've called you to be, you know? And that's something that you have to own. And, uh, whether, and I had to get to the place because I was praying. Like that was when the uh, the song Brandon Lake came out with uh, "Too Good to Not Believe." Oh yeah. And there was a part in that song where uh, I, th- I guess it's one of the Bethel pastors, and he's praying for healing. You oh. know. And I remember like taking my uh, daughter to school, dropping her off, sitting in the parking lot, crying, like praying over my head, mm. like praying for healing in my in, 
that God would heal my hair to, for my hair to grow back. And uh, like, honestly, like every night, James, uh, at the time, I, I guess she was like three, um, she would put her hands on my head and pray. Like I would, we would pray for my hair mm. and we pray for healing on my hair. And, uh, and she'd say, I pray for daddy's hair to come back. All of it oh. in the name of Jesus, <laughs> you know, all of it. Yeah. And, uh, I was praying and believing, like I've seen God do some miraculous things throughout my life and, and uh, growing up in the ministry with my parents, I've seen God work and I was believing and praying, but I wasn't seeing mm. the miracle, yeah. you know? And, uh, and, and so it was hard cause I'm like, okay, God, like you're going to wake up my hair one day. It's going to come, it's going to start growing. And it, and it didn't. And so I had to learn to like, okay, uh, if this is the, my story mm-hmm. i'm going to own this story and this is just part of part of that the plan and, and the story that god has for me and i'm just going to have to own it and the day that i really felt empowered was the day like i finally shaved my head oh, like because wow. i hadn't it was like so goofy like i'd never like because I could hide it. I wore a hat. And so the sides and the back of my hair, I still had hair, but the top was all spotty. But then it got to the point where it started like going past where the hat would go yeah. and you could start seeing it. And so it got to the point where I had to just shave it. And and so I ended up getting the clippers one day and I remember looking in the mirror and I just shaved the rest of it off and it was a good moment. It looked kind of weird because it was like hair in some spots, like bald in some spots. And, um, but it felt empowering. Yeah. But I'm not saying like the, the struggle went away. Like the next day I'm like, Oh dear God, look at my my head. Like it looks so bizarre. But, um, but yeah, so I, I think that God was just teaching me in all of that is like, who are you? Your identity is not in how you look or these things that you've probably thought, mm-hmm. um, but my your identity is is in me. And then um, the 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 other thing is like whether God heals me or not, like it's part of my story, and I'm just gonna have to own it. And so that was kind of kind of the I guess the pivotal kind of point in the story was okay. I'm just gonna own it yeah. and uh, still wore hats and. Um, and all of that, but, but yeah. Yeah. So that kind of segues to saints. Yeah. Give us the origins of that. And yeah. So I never really intended to like start, start a hat company. Um, again, I thought I always looked goofy in hats and now looking back, the first hat I had was a saint or a, a Stetson Stratoliner. And now looking at pictures of me in that hat, I look so goofy. <laughs> it's like a short brim, like a two and a half like inch brim hat. And it looks like a miniature hat on me. It looks like one of those. Have you seen those uh, like monkeys with like a little hat on the top of it? That's what I feel like I look like in that hat. But, but yeah, um, you know, one day I was just because I knew like, okay, well, I'm just gonna have to start wearing hats. So I bought that Stetson. It was one hat I wore like every day for a year. Um, I was like, I need another hat. I was like, Jill, can I buy another hat? So I went to Stag here in Austin and bought like a a wool hat. It was a hundred bucks. It was like a brown. Uh, I think the brand was like yellow something. Um, but I bought this hat cause I needed a different color. Cause I was, you know, it was hard to make, you know, wear certain things cause you were wearing the same hat. And so I bought this wool hat and it was a hundred bucks. And I'm like, I just can't keep buying hats. Like they're expensive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
and I would try to like customize them a little bit, but it didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. But I started following all these hat companies on Instagram and the algorithm uh, saw that and it started just like feeding me content <laughs> of like hat stuff. So I just started following all these hat makers and I followed, um, um, uh, there was a couple like warehouses, like middlemen for felts and that started like popping up. And so I started following them and I would watch YouTube videos and uh, Nick Fouquet, who's like a really popular hat maker, um, basically to like celebrities, all the celebrities wear his hats. Like I would watch these videos of him making hats. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And and so one day it was like literally I just started looking at the Stetson that I had been wearing and I was just like, man, I wonder if I could just make this. Yeah. I wonder if I can make learn how to make these. And so I asked Jill uh, for for Father's Day, if I could buy just a raw felt, because I had been following this company, if I could buy a raw felt, buy a satin, and like see if I can make it, and she's like, sure, she's like whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever, you know. Uh, and uh, I didn't know what I was buying. I like made some tools. I kind of was like trying to do research on it. I bought like a vintage block off of eBay. Come to find out, it was not what I needed, but I made it work. And uh, it all came in, and uh, one night I just, uh, I used a closed steamer. Like, you have to have, like, a, a lot of steam. It kind of makes the felt, like, loose and um, let the fibers open up, and then you could shape it and all of that. So I used, like, a, a closed steamer. And, uh, yeah, I, I went after it. So my sewing, I was so hand sewing everything in, and... And I did it, and I made my first hat. And honestly, it turned out better than I thought it was going to turn out because it was actually wearable. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. I was just like, let me just try. Mm. And uh, so that was the first hat I made. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how the origin story. That's how it started. It was just me making hats for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my wife and I, we have the same size head, so it worked out for her. Uh, <laughs> she was like, I was like, can I buy a felt? She's like, yeah, because I can wear it, you nice. know. And so for birthdays, or like for my birthday and um, like uh, like Christmas or anniversary, I would just like, can I buy a felt? And I would buy a felt, and I would just start making us hats. And uh, so that's kind of how it started. I started wearing hats, and everywhere I'd go, I'd get compliments like, oh, nice hat. And I'm like, oh, thank you, that kind of thing. But at that point, I didn't have a, a business. It was just me making hats for me, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So. What made you want to call it Saints? I think for Saints, you know, I just think it's the redemption story. Like I, I did this video that has like a, um, basically my testimony, and, and uh, it was a quote that I think um, Toby Mac, I heard Toby Mac say, is like a saint isn't someone who is good, but someone who's experienced the goodness of God. Mm. And so I think that's some, something that I've experienced. I've, I've seen the goodness of God. I've seen him work in my life and um and so that's kind of why i call it saints i love like the whole western now being in texas um you know i love like that western americana southwest vibe and so as the as i started making more hats the evolution of it like changed because when i start first started making hats my hats looked like nick Fouquet's hat because that's who i was looking to mm -hmm. and then once i kind of it evolved it started looking more westerny kind of vibe and uh, kind of that Texas feel. So, um, so that was kind of the hats I started making. And then, um, again, I was making them for me, 
and my wife. And so Saints wasn't a thing then. And so really what fast-tracked that was one Sunday I was uh, at church and I was wearing a hat. And uh, I was talking to somebody and uh, a friend was there and this girl came up and was like, hey, did you make that hat? And I was like, yeah, I made this hat. And that friend was like, you make hats? And I was like, yeah. He's like, why don't you start selling them? And I was like, well, I don't have all the blocks. You have to have a full set of blocks to make different size hats, you know. And uh, I was like, I don't have the blocks. He's like, I'm going to buy you the blocks. I'm like, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. You're generous. That's kind. Mm -hmm. But no. He said, it's an investment. And he's like, I'm going to buy He's like, when's your birthday? I said, June. It was like November. He's like, I'm going to buy them for you for Thanksgiving. That's what he said. (laughs) And... I kind of was pushing it off, pushing it off, and then he like texted me later that night. He's like, Derek, if you don't tell me where to buy these blocks, I'm just going to buy them. I'll find somewhere and buy them. So if you don't tell me, I'm just going to buy whatever. And so I, I was like, I told him, and then you know, maybe a month later, I had all the blocks show up on my, my doorstep. I had some guys here at the church help me develop a, a, a brand, uh, like a, a look, and then... Um, my friend uh, Michael Lean helped me on the business side. He helped me set up my LLC mm. and uh, my trademark. And then some guys at the church, uh, Matt Rosno and, and Sundeep, helped me like with uh, the uh, the website stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we did a photo shoot. All the f- all the people in the photo shoot are from the church. They're not <laughs> professional models, but they look like professional models. Yeah. Uh, and so that it was just really fast tracked. Once those blocks got here, it really kind of fast tracked the business. Like for Christmas, I would get a steamer or like a you know a, a gold foil stamper for my my sweatbands, and I would just start slowly but surely acquiring like the pieces I needed, all of it that were not just my tools that I made in my garage, but actual legit tools that I could use to to make them. So that's kind of the evolution of it and how it kind of got fast tracked. And so it's been fun. Yeah. I love it. I love just the power of community and having people in your corner who want to see you win. So what would you say, um, like the importance of that, having people in your corner when you're walking through something that maybe you never saw yourself walking through the importance of having those people? I mean, it's essential. I don't think you can walk through life alone. Like if you do, like you're going to live a miserable, lonely life and sad life, to be honest with you. And it was really a beautiful picture. So when we did, we did this launch party. Uh, all my friends came, all the people that helped like get this off the ground. We just like did it at my friend Michael's house. We celebrated and we took orders that night. But I mean, the the big thing that sticks out to my mind, we had friends of ours that were not that are not a part of any church that came to support. But the thing that was impactful to them was not just the beautiful hats and the content that we created, but it was the community. Mm -hmm. They were inspired. They were like, we've been in Texas for a long time and we've never seen this. Like, this is the community that we're looking for because like, as I stood up there talking, it's like, I can't get the credit for this. Like, it's a credit to all the people that are around me. Like it's our, and everybody was for the most part from the church community. And it, it was just, when you honestly are, you live open-handedly and you say, okay, you know, God, I'm here to serve, like whatever I can do to elevate other people. Like I believe God works on your behalf and it's a beautiful picture of, of what the kingdom of God looks like is we're here to serve, not to be served, but in that, like, 
Uh, we can elevate one another. We can empower one another. And a lot of these guys were there for me whenever I was like, you know, in my dark place, you mm-hmm. know, in life groups and just encouraging me. They're the ones that are praying for healing over me. And, um, and so, uh, community is essential yeah. to anything in life. Yeah. So for sure. So this idea that we kind of opened up with this idea of working your weaknesses, what do you think that looks like? I mean, I think it's just taking whatever, like, you know, Pastor Randy spoke a message not too long ago called the blessing and the thorn. And it's the same premise. It's, you know, when you can find purpose and pain, uh, God gives you a platform. And, and my, my hope is that like the hat thing, it doesn't talk about how good I am, but it's like the redemption of how good God is. He's, I took this thing that, that happened to me and I allow God to refine me in it. And now that's the platform of me hat making is telling the story, is telling his story. You know, is my hope is that I could tell his story in it. And, uh, and that's what I love to do when I make hats is like, I want to tell a story. So what story do you want this hat to tell? Hmm. And, uh, and then through the interaction with people, as I'm making a hat, it's like, man, like we could share the goodness of God in that of what God did in my life. And so I believe God can use, you know, your, your pain as a platform. It's just like Paul in prison. He used the, the prison as a platform, mm-hmm. you know, and, he, you know, he's chained to the wall, but he's, you know, talking to the prison guards about Jesus, you know. And so I think when we do that, I think God can use it and it can go further than we could ever imagine. And so it's been really cool, like, you know, I've been able to make some hats for some cool people that are in like the music, the Christian music industry. And one of the, these guys was somebody that I said, one day I would love to make a hat for this person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not even a, I'm a, a little over maybe a year into this and I just made a hat for this person. And so it's just wild how God just opens doors. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, <laughs> it's, I don't know what I'm doing, honestly, like on the business side of things, I'm just like, I'm. <laughs> I'll just make hats, you know, and, and still trying to figure out a lot, but just some cool opportunities has presented itself and God's opened some pretty amazing doors. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just here for it. I'm yeah. here for the ride. It's <laughs> awesome. All right. As we kind of wind down, what are some things that you held on to in those, um, tough moments and how would you encourage someone to hold on to God's goodness, even in a difficult season? I think for me, it's like, remembering like his presence like because in those moments like you feel insecurity you feel alone um but i would just cling to that hope that there's purpose in it and that he's in it and again didn't know it was going to be a hat company but um i knew that like the story of alopecia of me struggling with that auto autoimmune disease that i'm still struggling with like you know, I got on the first alopecia medication like nine months ago and like literally had no hair. Now I have a full head of hair, yeah. but recently, like a month ago, it started falling out again. Mm. And so they're looking at trying to adjust my medication uh, for it. But um, yeah, it, it's just wild. But knowing that like God's in it and that uh, I have a story to tell. I used to not think that I had a story to tell because I came from a Christian home, you know, like <laughs> Didn't always do the right things, but, you know, I had a good life. Both yeah. sets of parents, like faith-filled grandparents, phenomenal sibling. My sister's amazing. And, uh, but, 
but knowing that that God's in it and uh, and that this is my story. Yeah. You know, this is the story that God has me to tell, and and so I just pray that it gives people hope just to cling to, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. Like God can use it, mm-hmm. and uh, it may not be a hat company, but maybe something different. You know. Yeah. Uh, but God can use our weakness when we give it to him. And, uh, and then he could do, you know, what Ephesians says, like abundantly more, mm-hmm. like we could ever ask, imagine, or think, you know. And and so uh, I think we just have to own our stories. Yeah. So you're a, a hat maker and you're also a, a bridge builder. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, my heart like is to build bridges like that's uh, this was prophesied over me years ago that I was a bridge builder. And uh, I just have a heart for people, and I think, however, we can, um, you know, make uh, build those bridges. That's what we're called to. So I, I think, you know, hat making is a way to build a bridge. You know, it starts a conversation for sure, because um, most of the time I'm wearing a hat, and so people are always asking that, and uh, it opens a door to tell a bigger story. But um, I just think that we just need to work our weakness and. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know, get a hammer and uh, just open ourselves up, be vulnerable, and uh, see what God can do. Like mm-hmm. I think if He's given us the tools, and if we just use the tools He's given us, He'll open doors and yeah. we'll be able to minister to people and help people. And uh, but we just have to be willing to take steps. I think you know He's not looking for perfect people, but uh, He's looking for available people. Right. And uh, you know, I think you know we have to get to that place. Um, and just realize like, you know, I'm not perfect and that's okay. Like God's refining me in it, and, but I'm available. So here I am, God, like you can use me. Mm-hmm. And then I said this Sunday when I preached, but like, don't complain when, when God starts to use you, you know, many times we like, God, use me, give me a platform. And then when he does, it's like, man, this is too much, but yeah. you know, um, and we start complaining about the platform that he's built for us and, or he's given us. And so I think just owning it and just. Yeah, um, we're all called to build bridges. So whatever sphere of influence or sphere, you know, thing that you're in, like if you're a computer tech, like build a bridge in your office. You know, whether you work at a hospital, build a bridge to the, your patients. Um, but we are all are builders. Like we are all are building something. So yeah, I love it. But as we close the day, would you just pray for people that are maybe walking through a tough season and need to see some light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, for sure. God, we love you. Uh, God, we're grateful for your presence. We're grateful that even in dark times and in those valley seasons that you're there. Uh, God, I pray for the people that are uh, listening to this podcast, no matter what they're walking through, no matter what they're facing. God, I pray that your presence would be uh, just real to them in this moment, that the assurance of your presence is with them. And God, knowing uh, that you're working even when we can't see it, God, I pray that you would help our faith and our trust in you. Uh, and God, we just are grateful for uh, the testimonies and stories uh, that you are um, revealing in people's lives and you're building in people's lives. God, I pray that uh, they would just own their weakness and that would become a platform to tell your story and uh, to tell people about your goodness and your love and your mercy. And Father, even even if it's not in full healing or whatever it, it is, God, whatever we're believing for, God, I pray that no matter, even in uh, the valley that we'll still declare your goodness. We'll still declare 
that you are a healer. And uh, God, I, I pray that uh, you would just continue to write the story on people's lives and that they would get to a place where they're willing to tell the story. And uh, God, so we love you and we praise you for what you're doing uh, in, in people's lives and what you're doing in Austin and around the world. So God, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.